Time to ball out. G-Money. Whoa. Yeah, that's the vibe we're on tonight, Mark. Are you ready to roll? I am ready to roll. I am in a rolling chair. Okay. I was going to say, you don't sound ready to roll, but I'll trust you because I feel ready to roll. Relationship. Okay. Okay. You do feel ready to roll. You know, it's a, it's a sort of sixth sense kind of thing. Ooh. Is that. (laughs) (laughs) Sight, sound, or sight, hearing, touch, taste, rollingness. Yeah. (laughs) What's the one that I'm missing? Uh, wait, what have you said so far? <laughs> Sight, hearing, touch, taste. Smell? Smell, there we go. And <laughs> sense of rollingness. I wonder, so, right, so the olfactory system is the ridiculous name for everything that helps you smell. Mm-hmm. I, I would want, I, I need to come up with a similar ridiculous name for rolling. The, um, hmm. God, I get, we need some like Greek red or something. I'm no, I'm gonna go with the Astley system. Yeah. Oh, uh, he got it. I like it. <laughs> I can, I can, I can get down with that. Uh, Speaking of getting down with things, hmm. Mark, when, when's the last time you got down with a haircut? Uh, it was actually when I was back in Minnesota. My dad took me to a barber. Mm. And I got barbed, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How was your experience at that barbershop? It's all are right. You a, I, are you a barber type of guy? Uh, I, I don't mind it. I feel like if it weren't still kind of COVID times and I was just a little uncomfortable going to get my haircut, it would be better. But it is just sort of weird going to get a haircut where I still have to have my face mask on. But the barber is, you know, a nice older gentleman who wants to have a lot of casual conversation which i am not always in the mood for when i'm going to get a haircut Mm -hmm. uh and also i'm just not a huge fan like this is the second time i've gone to this place in both times about a you know the last time i went was before my sister's wedding last year and i had the same guy both times and he gave me the exact same haircut both times uh slightly misunderstanding what exactly i want for my hair and leaving my bangs a little longer than I'd like. Mm-hmm. N- now that my hair is a bit more grown out, like it it grows in pretty okay, but for the first like two weeks, I look in the mirror and I'm just like, nah, it's not great. Mm-hmm. When you say so, it grows, like it it kind of evens itself out naturally or something? Or I don't know, just like when, the, when everything in? is shorter, the bangs kind of stuck out more, like the proportions of things... Didn't okay. make quite as much sense. I mean, I can't, I, I can't say if my bangs grow less fast than everything else, but yeah. now because it, things just sort of fade together better mm-hmm. is all I can mm-hmm. really say. Yeah. No, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, that makes sense now that you've explained it. Yeah. Well, so that was the last mm-hmm. time uh, about whatever that'd be a month ago. Yeah. Okay. Because I've been, I've been thinking about haircuts recently. Because hmm. uh, I was instructed that it is a requirement of me um, <laughs> before a family event that I have coming up relatively soon oh, okay. um, to get some sort of uh, trim of, to so- some degree, whatever. Get cleaned up, as they might yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, get cleaned up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so it's put me in an interesting position. Maybe not interesting. Maybe just interesting to me. I don't freaking know. <laughs> but because I think as you're aware, and I'm pretty sure most actual listeners are aware, I haven't cut my hair in longer than I have ever gone without cutting my hair in my entire life, mm-hmm. I believe. And so it is more of a unkept mess than I am used to. And it's just like in a very different place than I'm used to. And so like, I don't really know what I need done or what I want done or what Mm. even my options are. And so when I think about like, okay, I need to go get my haircut, puts me in a position where it's like, I feel like I've always gone to get a haircut and I know like what I'm telling them, Mm -hmm. you know, you've got like, oh yeah, I want a, this number, I want this length here and here and here. But I don't know if I've ever had the experience of going getting my hair cut and like I don't even know if it's something that's a lot like can you like go and ask for their opinion this feels so stupid to be yeah, saying aloud try and use different terminology or whatever to explain what you might want and they have to use terminology to explain what they might do to you and you have to pretend that you understand it and just be like yeah sure that's fine <laughs> yeah because like because like I have thoughts on it certainly but because I've never had hair of this length before and everything, I'm very, like, aware of the fact that my thoughts might be stupid ideas. Or, like, mm-hmm. they might, like, be things that, oh, yeah, in practice it sounds like it would work. But in reality, you're, like, totally missing something fundamental that's, like, yeah, you shouldn't do this. But I don't know, like, what the protocol is. Like, can you go and, like, ask opinions or, like, I is that an annoying thing? I, I think know. particularly if you're going somewhere that's not a Great Clips type of place. Yeah. Then uh, they would be more than happy to work with you. Mm-hmm. If you if you give them a rough idea, because, you know, you need at least a rough yeah. idea of, are you keeping your hair kind of long? Are you wanting to trim it back down, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera? And then give the context of, look, this is for a family event. There are certain expectations. I want it to look nice and neat or whatever. Here are some general ideas maybe that i had let's let's have a little chit chat about this yeah i think that hairstylists who uh, are in decent places really probably mm-hmm. enjoy that that's why they're there you know mm-hmm. uh, it would be like you know if you went to some other specialty store and asked someone a question you wouldn't expect them to just sort of scoff at you and be like why are you asking me that ridiculous question about guitars you idiot you imbecile you should just know exactly what you want when you walk in here i don't know that's exactly how i feel guitar people would act <laughs> no guitar people are the best people i love people at music stores okay <laughs> no you're totally right every experience i've had at a music store like that is generally pretty great unless it's schmidt music no, i've never actually had bad experiences at a schmidt music it's just more the uh, price gouging <laughs> yeah <laughs> what you saying that can't give you a bad experience <laughs> i don't know highway robbery can certainly not be fun well that's fair i'll give you that uh but yeah i would maybe actually what, I, what i'm realizing is coming to mind is that people at a hair salon like you're not going to get anything worse than what you might get at like a shoe store you know how many people at a regular shoe store i know that there are specific running shoe stores where they actually really care Mm-hmm. But even if you go to a famous footwear, they would help you out as best they can. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, they're likely not there for their passion for shoes. Mm-hmm. Maybe a few people are, but I would bet a lot of them aren't. 
But at a hair salon, you have to really want to be doing that to be there. You have to go to school and like learn specific things to not make a whole lot of money unless you're really good or get kind of lucky. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure they would be more than happy to help you out in whatever way they can. Yeah. Okay. You've helped to, you've helped to quell my nervousness a little bit. Glad to hear it. Well, well, what we'll are your thoughts? Are you are you planning on kind of keeping it long and just cleaning it up, or are you looking to chop it off a little bit? Uh, those those who instructed me to get my hair cut probably won't be thrilled with this answer. But as of now, unless I get uh, informed opinions otherwise from people who know about haircutting, I'm hoping to keep it relatively longer just for funsies i don't know at because the point that i'm at right now is i kind of find having longer hair incredibly annoying and i really don't like it Mm -hmm. in general (laughs) which makes the fact that i'm not trying to cut it off immediately seem totally irrational but hopefully i'll be able to explain it because like it's annoying enough that i think once i cut it shorter i am never gonna grow it out again Unless there's a major change in my life or something that just pushes me to grow it out again. But because I have that, like, sense that I'm never going to do it again, it's kind of like, well, if I'm already here, like, I already have suffered through this this much, like, I better get any little bits of enjoyment that I can out of it while I have it. Because <laughs> certainly, they're, like, on the aggregate, I don't necessarily love it. But there are moments where, like, yeah, it's kind of fun. I kind of like it. And so just like trying to just make sure that I'm comfortable with the decision before I make it, you know, because mm-hmm. I would much rather spend an extra week mildly annoyed with my hair than to cut it and notice, oh, you know what? I wish I had another week because then it's like, okay, I got to go through like 13 or 14 or 15 more months of like crappiness to get back to this point. Yes. That's far too much of a commitment. I just am bad at making decisions. I think that's what this really boils down to is I don't want to make a decision. And Mm -hmm. so the lack of a decision is a lot easier. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I do need to point out that there is a sort of a slippery slope argument to be made that saying one more week is how people end up in bad situations. (laughs) Well, see, I'm already in a bad situation. So... (laughs) It's one of those things, it's like, oh, I'm already here. <laughs> God. <laughs> you hate yes, my logic right that's now? That's my point. That's not logic. <laughs> that's that's the logic of um, someone in a really rough state, you know? This is the sort of thing that people learn about how to get people out of these situations, where they're saying, no, no, I'll just take care of it next time. Uh, well, Mark, even... Mark, come on, level with me here. Like, so l- let's imagine a hypothetical scenario. So we're in a dingy warehouse. We're laying on a table, lots of bright lights around us, and there's someone standing over us with a knife. And they say, "Are you sure you want me to cut out one of your kidneys to sell to this dude?" It's like, oh, I'm already there. Like, they've already got like the whatever, like Bactine or whatever sterilizing stuff they put on your skin, or I don't know if they actually do that. Uh, and like, he's already got the scalp in his hand, like might as well go through with it, you know? But the difference here is that you're both the man on the table and the man with the scalpel. <laughs> yeah. See, like and, it's, and, it's even more and, like we're already here. We got two people in one that's hmm. already here. 
It's like, I canceled plans for this. I could have like changed, got my tires rotated, but instead I'm here. Might as well just keep rolling with it. Hmm. I've already paid the opportunity cost, you know? Well, all I'm saying, I'm not, I'm not dictating one way or another that you should or should not keep your hair long. All I'm saying is the, the, uh, statement, well, you know, what's one more week is a little flimsy. <laughs> mm hmm. But I, you know, I wish you the best of luck. I, I'm sure your sister won't be upset with you and the decision you make. I know, I know you're kind of walking around whatever this whole family thing is, but I know what it is. And that sort of colors the situation a little bit. Do you think? Yeah, I do think. You don't agree with my life decisions. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say that. Honestly, I haven't seen your face in so long that I don't even know how bad it'll look. Uh... <laughs> I'm sure that there are ways for it to look totally fine. I just think that, okay, you need to level with me here because I don't know the answer to this. What was your hair like for part one of this family event? Let's call it the precursor Um, to this family event. Yeah, no, I know. I smell what you're stepping in here. It was longer than it has been historically, Mm -hmm. but certainly... 12 months less long than it is now, if that makes sense. Sure, sure, sure. Um, So I guess not necessarily longer than it has been historically, but longer than it has been kind of since high school or so. Mm -hmm. Or really since middle school, probably. So maybe mildly worthy of comment from someone who hadn't seen you for a while, but not a big deal. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, but now now we're... Now we're a year down the line. we We are notable difference that... Uh, is probably virtually impossible not to be aware of. So like, let me like, there's no way you could lie to yourself and be like, "Oh no, I'm I, like, I guess that's probably what he's always looked like." Maybe I'm just misremembering. You know, it's it's not one of those situations. So uh, let me just bring you into a parallel situation that I find my that I found myself in last August for my sister's wedding is that it had been dictated to me on several occasions. That I at least needed, if I weren't going to do it, get it done professionally, I at least needed to allow Aaron to pluck my eyebrows mm, for the wedding. Mm-hmm. And and I let that go. Or, like, I, I allowed that to happen. You know, I, I did mm-hmm. all the things that I was supposed to do because it would make my sister happy. Mm-hmm. That is my vaguely parallel situation. Mm-hmm. But, you know, no judgment. Yeah. And just a friendly suggestion. No, I certainly see the arguments and validity there. And I think in general, I side more towards your logic than away from it. But uh, we can we can worry about it later. We can. What's one more day, Mark? Come on. Like, we're already here, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, all I can say is this. <laughs> Even after, like, whatever, I don't remember how long it was that I went without a haircut last year. It was obviously not 15 months or whatever. It was, you know, longer than I had gone, probably ever. But nothing egregious. But it was the longest that I had ever seen my hair as, like, a conscious human being. And the same with the rest of my family and Aaron and everyone. And... uh, There is something very pleasant about having thick locks of hair falling 
down on a little, um, you know, the little thing that whatever they put over you at a barber's. Mm-hmm. And just seeing that fall down onto the ground and around you, and the just sort of weight that is literally lifted off your head. And the, and the first time you take a shower with your new haircut, and you're like, ah, oh, I forgot what it was like to not have to use half a bottle of shampoo to do this. <clears throat> it's just glorious. Mm-hmm. So that's the that's the other thing that I can try to appeal to. But again, I I don't think you're in the wrong if you don't get it much shorter. Yeah, I just think that there are more factors to consider than your sort of weird version of procrastination. Even though you're going to go get your haircut regardless, <laughs> and and and, say, and worrying about. Man, there's such the, there's this tough decision where everyone around me wants me to do this thing with my hair, but instead I'm thinking I might just not and be really worried about what I'm going to say to the hairdresser when I go in instead of <laughs> listening to everyone going into the hairdresser and saying the same thing that I always say, which is, I'd like these numbers, please, except with the addition of, yep, my hair is long. It's my first time back for a while, in a while, but I'd like what I used to have. Yeah, but see, it's it's not everyone. Mm-hmm. It's just a certain subset of people that mm-hmm. also is the majority of people, but <laughs> oh, yeah, it's yeah, a certain yeah, subset. Mm-hmm. But I'm What's still it? booking modeling gigs, like so, like it's nothing, nothing too bad. Grant has brought nine chickweed lane by Brooke Meckledowney. I think this is a new comic. I don't. Re- I don't recognize it. It's what the goal was. Yeah, we have uh, a scene of the person uh, on the left frame. There's two people whose backs we can see. In the foreground is a woman with dark hair, wearing a little, wearing a sort of blazer of sorts. She's holding something in her hand, but I can't actually tell what it is. It might be like, maybe it's a case for a musical instrument. And in front of her is a man in a sort of uh, trench coat, almost. Uh, A long coat. He has some papers under his arm. Maybe it's a book. And he is thinking of some musical notes. And it is a just a short little, not even a ditty, looking at the notes in B major, except all with accidentals for some reason. Uh, the treble clef has just a bunch of notes, a bunch of sixteenth notes, mostly. Uh, it looks like a D sharp and an F sharp, and in the bass clef is just a little sub harmony thing going up an arpeggio more or less uh and in the second frame we see the woman head on she is not looking particularly happy and she is thinking of a pile of skulls all around in a circle in a dark red thought balloon yeah this is a weird one (laughs) Yeah, and I gotta, I gotta commend you. You did a pretty decent job of describing it. I feel like maybe Thanks. listeners will think it. He described it in an odd and confusing way. 
Uh, but I think he described it in a way that very accurately portrays what the comic looks like and how it makes you feel to read it. There's no comment um, section here, Grant. I also just noticed that, and it makes me really worried. Did they ban us from comment sections? No, I have a feeling that the fact that it has buy a print of this comic and license this comic is more of an indicator of their feeling of using it. I just went to a different comic, and I can leave comments, so. Okay. I do not know what the deal is here. Well, I'm sorry if that boofs up our whole deal here. That's all right. It's their loss. Um, they're lost for not having the publicity. Oh no, it oh no. Wait. I just clicked away and now I can't get back to the comic. What what's uh, going on? Oh there we go. Okay, we're back. Um I'm star- so I'm staring at this mu- I'm trying to figure out like there's no melody here. This isn't on? like a recognizable piece of music as far as I can tell. At first I, I was looking at it and I was like, Well, is there something weird with the accidentals that's making her mad? But no. Like it just looks like a really boring single measure of music Mm-hmm. i'm wondering if it's so i did see like one other thing from this comic one other iteration or whatever and it was something like beethoven or bach or something i don't know like i don't know if it's something from it, to me it clearly looks like piano music right Especially with the dude's clothing. Yeah, I'm I'm going back in order, and it's clear that this is a cellist. Oh, you think? All of these interactions are sort of musical. It's like this cellist interacting with presumably the conductor. Oh. Like, for example, two ba- two mm-hmm. days back is her yelling at a conductor, but instead the conductor holds up his finger and she's thinking of a fermata as he is thinking of other music. Mm-hmm. I just feel like I'm missing context. Yeah, I am as well. Um, it's kind of confusing and a bit out of our wheelhouse, which segues me lo- nicely into what I wanted to talk to you about, Mark. Because I, I don't know about you, but I feel like describing bizarre and confusing things that we don't know about like this is a is a challenging thing and not a skill that we normally do. So I was curious about when you're tasked with something that you feel outside of your or something that you feel is outside of your wheelhouse. What do you we'll start with kind of how do you approach something like that, but if you want to take it into like how does that make you feel or something like that, I'm also open to those options. Uh I just I just kind of give up and go do something else. That is wonderful to hear, Mark. I'm so glad that you said that. Um, and I also noticed a total lie because that's definitely not who you are. Um, Just take that sound bite and put it on a BuzzFeed article. That's like oh god, five times that Mark from Comical Start was all of us. Is BuzzFeed even like still a thing? Of course it is. Like I'm sh- sure it is, but uh, no, I uh, I'm trying to think because I'm trying. I mean, I can actually think of the most recent time that's happened, which is all of my sales stuff, um, uh-huh. and it, at work where I'm transitioning into a new role and learning about a whole different set of things about the world that my company lives in, and uh, I think 
And I think the biggest thing that I'll reveal here is just sort of a character flaw that I am aware of of myself, which is one thing I don't do is ask for help often enough. <laughs> mm. And I'm trying to do that more in this in this role change, and I think I've, I'm doing much better. But I'm definitely someone who likes to hit my head against the wall and, and come up with anything I can to uh, solve a problem or figure out whatever is is happening that's unfamiliar yeah classic masochist um but not i mean i guess it's like i want to for some reason again it's a character flaw i want to use all the resources available to me that aren't like living humans Mm-hmm. so if i'm if i have like a bug with something in like a computer i am perfectly fine looking up answers about it online you know yeah. looking at conversations that already happened a true masochist or someone who really was like oh i just want to learn this completely on my own would go look up like manuals and stuff like actual straight up information and try and puzzle it together themselves from the foundations i don't do that typically uh, but i'm not very good at always asking for help today i mean i kind of did both there was this weird issue that came up where this is going to be i'll try and make this not as boring as it actually is but basically when a salesperson has someone who says hey i want to buy some things they have to go into our software and the salesperson has to put in all the things that the people want to buy right Mm -hmm. and then that gets turned into a sales quote like an official document that we send back to the customer, the customer approves it or wants changes or whatever, and so on and so forth. And there was this hilarious bug where the main guy who's been the sales team, uh, my direct manager, he could see this part of the form that was called product, which is where you put a particular um, one of our product, a sort of subscription service. That's where you put information about that subscription service mm -hmm. and, and, and other products that might be purchased that but that's kind of a, a big field is of course the products that are going to be bought and he could see that but both me and the uh, or any other guy who just joined this week neither of us could see that same little tab mm -hmm. this important and tab this very important tab and we couldn't figure it out and so uh, I immediately was like, well, at, at this point, there, there's sort of a level of I'm so out of my depth with this software because it's new to everyone in the company. And I haven't been here from the start in terms of the software being built into use. And, and there's still a lot of rough edges. So so I immediately messaged the person who um, I, I figured would be able to help. And I'm like, hey here's this issue, can you try and figure it out? And she's like, yep, I will do my best, but I agree, it sounds really weird. And we eventually, she eventually figured out that, or at least was able to confirm that the, like, our roles within the company in the software, only my manager, his role, had permission to see this item. And that's, like, super hidden away how you can figure that out. And she's like, yep, I can confirm that this is the issue, but I don't know how to fix it. Mm. But with that information, once like I knew the problem, instead of waiting for her to like figure it out, I spent a bunch of time and was able to actually 
figure out how to give our give us permissions which like funnily enough i have in the software i have permission to give myself more permissions mm-hmm. so the thing that was broken i didn't have permission to even see that it existed which is why it was really hard for me to diagnose <clears> the problem <throat> like there is no sub menu or anything that you can access to even know that this exists like you have to have access to even view that this thing exists at all Mm-hmm. So I gave my self access to view the thing. Once I figured out what the thing was, I could give myself access to view and edit it. Like, nobody cares that this is what I'm doing. It's just yeah. these things are still being set up. None of this is set in stone. So I'm not breaking any rules. Don't worry. Uh, but I had to give myself access to see the thing that I needed to fix in the first place. And only then could I go in and then figure out how to fix it. Mm-hmm. But I managed to do it. Um, but yeah, so, so I like to... Really, especially if something is framed as like, this is an error, like this is a bug. Mm -hmm. Part of my brain is very hardwired to see that as like a challenge, a puzzle of sorts, and want to hit it directly. Like, I'm not scared of debugging things. Mm -hmm. I don't get like intimidated by seeing an error. And, and I just want to go figure out what's causing it. But that, but that partially depends on feeling like they have i have the context to do anything about it mm-hmm. and when i don't when i'm really out of my depth i i am pretty good at asking for help but i don't often keep asking for help or ask for exactly the help that i need like i sort of ask for a more baseline amount of information mm-hmm. and then continue on my way rather than being like hey can you help me fix this whole problem and letting that reveal my sort of general ignorance of the entire situation. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you'll ask for just enough help to get yourself started and find what you really need help with, and then you don't ask for help past that? Uh, kind of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. I love I, that. I would assu- I think that's the pattern. Yeah. Um, It's almost like... If you're stuck on a video game or something and there are walkthrough videos, I don't want to go watch the entire walkthrough or skip to the point of the walkthrough that's exactly where I'm at. I want to get, like, just enough information. Give me, like, a little hint. And I don't want to continue. Yeah, a little teaser almost. That's right. So that's kind of how my brain works, I think. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. Fascinating. So uh, what, what about... For you, are do you have like behavior patterns that you think you fall into with this? Um, like I'm certain I do fall into certain behavior patterns. I feel like I generally do a pretty good job of asking. I don't know if necessarily asking for help, but like asking questions, especially when I know there are human resources. Not like human, whatever. Uh, human resources that like know a lot about something, especially if I'm like familiar with these people. Um, I think I generally do a very good job of like asking and leveraging the resources available to me to try my best to get the best result. Um, but I think I think when I'm in situations where I don't necessarily have those types of resources either like the people that do really know how to do this 
thing or would be very helpful. Either like I don't know them or something or like don't even have like a a secondary connection or whatever to these people. So it's like you're kind of reaching out into a vacuum, you know, type deal versus like reaching to someone who is a acquaintance or a coworker or something. Mm-hmm. I definitely don't reach out as much there, but I, I don't know. In terms of like trying to tackle things on my own, I feel like I do a decent job of it, but I don't know. I don't freaking know. This is just me rambling. <laughs> well, how how about this? Here's a slightly different way of phrasing the thing, and this might be going away from the sort of unfamiliar, uncomfortable situation. I'm thinking more of this of like learning about a topic or acquiring a skill kind of thing. Yeah. That you may need. Uh, but do you, are you someone who you think likes to learn from the ground up or likes to just gather information mm. situationally to kind of get the thing done right now and then maybe fill out the the rest of the details later? Yeah. I'm going to answer something that's not one of the options you gave me, I believe. Mm-hmm. I tend to, I guess, try to... I don't know if try. We're going to say I tend to learn like generally from the ground up until I reach the point where I know that there's a ton that I don't know. And then I just dive into trying to do the thing that I know that I don't have enough information to accomplish. (laughs) If that makes sense. Because when I think about things that I've like pushed myself into in the recent past in my life, in terms of learning something new or learning a new skill or whatever, I feel like that's often how it works is like I do a lot of like background research and stuff to give myself a starting point. Like I do enough research to get myself really into trouble once I get started. Mm -hmm. And then I just like get started rather than like finding out how to get myself out of trouble first. Hmm. And while that sounds like a terrible plan, I feel like it's served me pretty well in the past. Yeah. Because it gets you past like, the really really stupid mistakes like trying to like screw in a flathead screw with the back end of a screwdriver or something (laughs) but then you also make the more reasonable mistakes that you can learn from really well that kind of everyone makes these mistakes and if you don't make the mistake right away you're going to make it eventually by forgetting how important it is because someone just told you it was important rather than you figuring out firsthand why it's important. Mm-hmm. See, I feel like that is actually mirroring what I was saying about how I've been approaching some things at work. Of like when I'm talking to people, I am obtaining enough information to feel like, oh, I almost certainly can't do everything from here. But mm-hmm. it's enough of a start to me to not be lying when I tell someone, yep, no, I'm good for now. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, go get yourself into some trouble. Yeah. I think something I could do better at is then once I've gotten myself into trouble, being more willing to seek out assistance past that point. Cause I do tend to hit yeah. my head against the wall for probably longer than I need to, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Cause I'm a big subscriber to the philosophy of like, I don't know, like banging your head against the wall when trying to learn something is really a valuable experience. For sure. And doing things wrong repeatedly is a very valuable experience. 
and very wrong repeatedly. Um, so I don't dislike that way of going about things, but who knows? Maybe I'm just floundering through life and doing things super inefficiently, but fingers crossed I'm not. Could be. It's always a possibility. Who the frick knows? Just a chaotic speck of dust on this place we call Earth. Oh, I th- yeah. That's <laughs> just just close enough to something. I was like, oh, <laughs> it's kind of painful, but it's fine. Is it? Is it, I don't know if it's as painful though as as reading in the bleachers from Ben. Oh Jesus Christ! I messed this up. Not even hard. <laughs> I'm going to take a sec to think about it first then. By Ben Zeringer. Which letters did Bravo. I add? Oh, I got it! Oh, that's just wonderful. So here and in the bleachers we have... We have a the, the front stoop of a house. And seated upon that front stoop is a... a I'm going to say adult-sized soccer ball with a very concerned expression on its face. And right next to it is sitting a much, much smaller, but still similar enough that I, I assume there's a fam, a familial resemblance between the two. A much smaller soccer ball sitting, looking up towards the, the concerned adult-sized soccer ball. And the, the scene is captioned, It's a tough world, son. You inflate. You kicked around all your life. Then one day, blam, you deflate. Uh, yeah but you buy a good air pump so that then once you're deflated you can just pump yourself back up well I feel like the blam part was a bit more of a rupture of the exterior than it was something that would be fixed by a pump oh yikes so so we're talking like Hindenburg type blam something like that yeah have you ever thought about pumping a soccer ball up with Helium. I'm sure you could find a YouTube video of it. Oh, I'm certain you can. But, that, but... but that's not my question. Okay, sorry to sorry to sidetrack you here. You've been known, at Uh-oh. least to me, to Uh-oh. go out on the pitch, play Uh-oh. a little soccer in your youth. Yes. Uh, jog along the sidelines in a yellow shirt and short shorts with a whistle around your neck as well. Oh heck, yes, I have been. Uh, an important question, then. Uh-oh. What is your preferred style of soccer ball? Hmm. Like, do you have preferred, a, um, like, geometric arrangement, color scheme, even a brand, perhaps? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I smell what you're stepping in here. I'm gonna go with the Da Vinci Code. Uh... <laughs> If this is a joke, it's lost on me. <laughs> no, it well, maybe it is a joke, but it's not a funny one. Uh I was just saying something random around me, but <laughs> Oh. Cuz okay. I was trying to buy more time to think about soccer balls to be honest. Um and that's a good interview technique I learned. Just say something random to buy yourself more time to think of a real answer. I'm uh-huh. sure it'll never go wrong. Uh-huh. Um No, but realistically, I'm kind of a fan of like the classical colors of a soccer ball i feel like there's real like technical value in that um i certainly think that 
the more modern styles of soccer balls in terms of like materials it's made out of hmm. is a a nice improvement um both for like durability and usefulness so not like some like old crunchy like cracking crappy soccer ball or something but i also am not like super informed about the options available cuz it's hmm. never honestly never really been something that i've thought about like consciously sure um like i own a soccer ball or two i have no idea what brand they are i mm-hmm. like i couldn't tell you like i could tell you vaguely what colors they are but as long as it's not green i think you're fine yeah, but fair. i think the white and black <laughs> is nice okay follow-up question yes can you tell me what is wrong with the soccer balls in this comic? Oh, yikes. Are the polygons wrong? They are. Knew it. What's wrong, though? Could be more I specific. have... Wait, what the frick? Aren't... Huh. Wait, maybe I'm wrong, though. Wait. Just tell me what you're thinking. Free associate. Aren't there pentagons on soccer balls? You got it. The black shapes are pentagons. But in the comic, they are hexagons, which is mathematically impossible. (laughs) Yeah. And that's why they're all misshapen and jacked up. Yes, hexagons tile the plane. You cannot tile hexagons on a 3D shape. (laughs) Yeah. Well done. That that bothers me a lot. Because... I was looking, I was like, this doesn't look right, but I couldn't, like, point it out. And then once you asked the question, I was like, oh, I think I know, but I don't want to sound stupid. <laughs> yeah. But now it bothers me a lot. Just the one right in the middle of each forehead, the, that's the only one that bothers me. Because it's, like, staring <laughs> me in the face. Like, it's third eye yep. haunting me. I also just sent you a, a link to a video, which is Matt Parker, a, a pop math kind of guy on YouTube, who Ooh. I very, very much enjoy. Yeah, uh, he created a petition because there is a standard iconography for soccer balls. It typically used for like soccer stadiums in the uh-huh. UK, and they are all hexagonal. Oh Jesus! <laughs> what kind of plebeian scum did this? So he created a, a parliament petition to change them all. <laughs> yeah. Good look at that past. Yeah, big, this was four big years sign ago. Big Sign probably does. Actually, Big Sign probably would participate in that petition. Yes, but small government will not. <laughs> yes. But but Big Sign might uh, trump small government if the Big Sign's got enough Big Sign money there, you know? True. Might smack them across the face with a Big Sign until they listen. Could be. Might change all the signage around the government facilities. Don't know where you're going. Yeah. Big Sign's a powerful lobby right there. Mm-hmm. Comical start stance with big sign. <laughs> do we? Do we? I I don't want to put that out there. I don't want political stances of this nature. Uh, if big sign, if you're listening, uh, if you can make a big sign of our podcast logo and put it somewhere substantial, we will vouch for big sign. <laughs> Yo, big sign, hit us up at uh, comicalstart at gmail dot com or tweet uh, us at comicalstart. <laughs> yeah, and. We'll we'll see how much uh how how much it takes for us to sell out. I'm looking up right now if there's a Twitter account called Big Sign that I can tweet at. <laughs> oh, I hope there it is. Doesn't seem so. Mm-hmm. 
That's sad, but also kind of Go to at big sign. Oh, yes, there is an at big sign. Zero following, one follower. Uh, No tweets. Sad face. Mm -hmm.